At 20 years of age, I'm still looking for a dream. A war's already waged for my destiny. But you've already won the battle and you've got great plans for me. Though I can't always see. Cause I got a couple dents in my fender. Rips in my jeans Try to fit the pieces together But perfection is my enemy And on my own I'm so clumsy But on your shoulders I can see I'm free to be me When I was just a girl I thought I had it figured out See my life would turn out right And I'd make it here somehow But things don't always come that easy And sometimes I would doubt oh, Cause I got a couple dents in my fender Got a couple rips in my jeans Try to fit the pieces together But perfection is my enemy And on my own I'm so clumsy Sometimes I believe that I can do anything Yet other times I think I've got nothing good to bring But you look at my heart and you tell me that I've got all you see In my jeans Try to fit the pieces together But perfection is my enemy And on my own I'm so clumsy But on your shoulders I can't see I got a couple dents in my fender Got a couple rips in my jeans Try to fit the pieces together But perfection is my Now it's time for our reading here in the New Testament. It comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 46. We'll read through to chapter 13, verse 23. In Scripture today, we'll see that Jesus was not denying his responsibility to his earthly family. On the contrary, he criticized the religious leaders for not following the Old Testament command to honor their parents. He provided for his mother's security as he hung on the cross even. His mother and brothers were present in the upper room at Pentecost. Instead, Jesus was pointing out that spiritual relationships are as binding as physical ones, and he was paving the way for a new community of believers, the universal church, our spiritual family. Now, Jesus used many stories or parables when speaking to the crowds, 
These stories compare something familiar to something unfamiliar, helping us understand spiritual truth by using everyday objects and relationships. We must be careful not to read too much into parables, forcing them to say what they really don't mean. Each parable has a central meaning unless otherwise specified by Jesus. Human ears hear many sounds, but there is a deeper kind of listening that results in spiritual understanding. When speaking in parables, Jesus was not hiding truth from sincere seekers, because those who were receptive to spiritual truth understood the illustrations. To others, they were only stories without meaning. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. January 19th, the New Testament. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, Your mother and your brothers are outside, and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. 
The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Psalm 17 Verses 1 through 15. Here he says, O Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Declare me innocent. That's how this psalm begins. Now, was David saying he was sinless? Far from a proud assumption of purity, David's claim was an understanding of his relationship with God. Now, in Psalms 32 and 51, David freely acknowledged his own sins. Nevertheless, his relationship with God was one of close fellowship and constant repentance and forgiveness. His claim to goodness, therefore, was based on his continual seeking after God. Psalm 17, verses 1 through 15, a prayer of David. O Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer, for it comes from honest lips. Declare me innocent, for you see those who do right. You have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong. I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands, which keep me from following cruel and evil people. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from wicked people who attack me, from murderous enemies who surround me. They are without pity. Listen to their boasting. I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands which keep me from following cruel and evil people. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from wicked people who attack me, from murderous enemies who surround me. There without pity. Listen to their boasting. They track me down and surround me, watching for the chance to throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions, eager to tear me apart, like young lions hiding in ambush. Arise, O Lord, stand against them and bring them to their knees. Rescue me from the wicked with your sword. By the power of your hand, O Lord, destroy those who look to this world for their reward, but satisfy the hunger of your treasured ones. May their children have plenty, leaving an inheritance for their descendants. Because I am righteous, I will see you when I awake 
I will see you face to face and be satisfied. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 33 through 35. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame.
This is Pastor Doug. Today I'm going to be reading an excerpt out of Henry Blackaby and Claude King's Experience in God. It's called, What Happens When You Pray? If I start asking God for one thing and something different happens, I always respond to what begins happening. I have found God always has far more to give me than I can even ask or think. Paul wrote, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Ephesians 3:20 and 21. You can't imagine a prayer that comes close to what God wants to give you. Only the Spirit of God knows what God is doing and purposing in your life. Let God give you all he wants to bestow. 1 Corinthians 2, 10-12 says this, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. In this discussion, I would immediately go before God to clarify what he is saying. If I have been working and praying in one direction, and I see God working in a different way, I adjust my life to what God is doing. You must decide whether you will do what you want and ask God to bless it, or go to work where he is working. We started a special emphasis to reach university students in Vancouver. We began with 30 students in the fall. By the end of the spring semester, about 250 were attending. Two-thirds of these were international students. We could have said, we didn't plan for a ministry to internationals. Please go somewhere else and may God bless you. Of course we didn't do that. We adjusted our plan to what God was doing around us. Spiritual concentration. Our problem is that when we pray, we usually don't relate to our prayers anything that happens next. After you pray, practice spiritual concentration. When you pray in a particular direction, immediately anticipate God's activity in answer to your prayer. Throughout scripture, when God's people prayed, he responded. Here's what happens if you pray and then forget about what you prayed about. Things start to happen during the day that are unusual. Seeing them as a distraction, you try to ignore them and fail to connect them with what you prayed about earlier. When I pray, I immediately begin to watch for what happens next. I prepare to make adjustments to what happens in my life. When I pray, the idea that God is not going to answer never crosses my mind. Expect God to answer your prayers, but stick around for the answer. His timing is always right and best. Silences of God I went through a lengthy time when God was silent. You have probably had that experience too. I had been praying for many days, but God seemed to be totally silent. I sensed heaven was shut up and I didn't understand what was happening. Some people had told me that if God does not hear my prayer, I have sin in my life. But I had repented of and confessed all known sin. I couldn't understand God's silence. Do you remember a biblical person who had a problem like this? Job did. His counselors told him all his problems were caused by sin. While Job claimed he had 
he and God were on proper terms. Job did not know all God was doing during that time, but his counselors were wrong. God had another reason for his silence. All I need, knew to do was go back to God, believing that God, who was in, love, in a love relationship with me, would let me know what was happening in my life, when and if I needed to know. So I prayed, Heavenly Father, I don't understand this silence. You're going to have to tell me what you are doing in my life. He did. From his word, this became one of the most meaningful experiences in my life. I did not frantically search for an answer, but continued my daily reading of God's word. I was convinced that as I regularly read the word of God, the spirit of God who knew the mind of God for me was in the process of helping me understand what God was doing in my life. God will let you know what he is doing in your life when and if you need to know. One morning, I was reading the account of the death of Lazarus. John reported that Jesus loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Although Jesus received word that his good friend was sick and at the, and at the point of death, he, bela- he delayed going to Lazarus, and Lazarus died. In other words, Mary and Martha asked Jesus to come help their brother when he was sick, and Jesus was silent. All the way through Lazarus' final sickness and death, Jesus did not answer. He received, they received no response from the one who said he loved Lazarus. Jesus even said he loved Mary and Martha, yet he did nothing. Lazarus died, and Mary and Martha went through the funeral process, preparing his body, putting him in the grave, and covering it with a stone. Still, God's silence continued. Finally, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go. When Jesus arrived, Lazarus had been dead four days. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then the Spirit of God began to help me understand something. It seemed to me as if Jesus said to Mary and Martha, you're exactly right. If I had come when you asked, your brother would not have died. You know I could have healed him because you have seen me heal people many times before. If I had come when you asked me to, I would have healed him. But you would never, you would have never known any more about me than you already understood. I knew you were ready for a greater revelation of me than you had known before. I wanted you to experience that I am the resurrection and the life. My refusal and my silence were not rejection. They were opportunities for me to disclose to you more of of me than you had ever known. When the truth dawned on me, I almost jumped out of my chair. I said, that's what's happening in my life. God's silence means he is ready to bring you, he is ready to bring into my life a greater revelation of himself than I have ever known. I immediately changed my whole attitude toward God. With great anticipation, I began to watch for what God was going to teach me about himself. Then some things happened that I might never have responded to without that readiness and anticipation. This is Adam Morris. Um, Before I came into the refuge, I was uh, broken, beat down, uh, hopeless. And, uh, you know, growing up, I grew up with a a great family. had everything I needed, a lot of stuff I wanted, and uh, 
you know, grew up with a blessed childhood, took it all for granted, and uh, somewhere along the line went down the wrong path. And um, stayed on that path until till July of 2015. I made the best decision in my life to come into the refuge. And uh, it was down at the farm. I got saved and uh, started seeking Jesus, following God. And uh, did a few months here and seen tremendous changes in my life. Uh, a lot of family restorations. Um, made some of the, the best friends I have um, in the refuge. And uh, somewhere along the line, you know, the the self got in the way. I got asked to leave for 30 days and uh, seen what it could be like if I keep on this path when I was home for them 30 days. But I knew I had to come back. Um, I like the changes that was going on in my life and, uh, I'm just ready to keep pushing forward and, uh, seek God more than ever. And, uh, I can't wait to, uh, can't wait to, to see what God has in store for me. Hey guys, it's Ben Wilson. I'm transferring up to third phase today. Um, guys, I just really wanted to Thank every each and every one of you for all the support and all the caring and all the grace that you guys have given me. Because, I mean, I'm far from perfect, and we know this. But uh, a man told me one time that uh, you never fail unless you quit. And uh, I just encourage you guys to just keep pushing on and keep uh, striving to be better than what you were the past day. And God just... God's just been great to me in my life, and He's restored my family, and I mean, I'm just so grateful today to have my family in my life, and all you brothers, and uh, guys, just keep your head up and keep moving forward. Hey, y'all. It's Matt Rappold here. Uh, start out with the first phasers. Uh, you made it. You're here where you need to be. This is uh, the day that the Lord has made. He put a stake in the ground on your calendar. And you know, it's a new day. Worldly life's over. Spiritual life begins. That's what you want. Just keep at it. Stay in it. And uh, everything will come. John, stay there. Do, do what it is. You know what you need to do. We'll see you later. Keep it on. Uh, Gabe, do you. Keep, keep going. You'll make it. Don't worry about it. Get in the Word. Same with Maddie. Stay in the word. You got a whole whole new life starting. Uh who else we got down there? Charles. There's a big pause right there, because I know you can change it to where God's looking for you. You're there for a reason. You might have came in there to a friend. He's making it. I say just pray and surrender and the Holy Spirit in your life and you got a future to help and, and help people. If you're there, just do it. You know you can. And everybody else that's in there, Ray, 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 keep it real. You're doing good. Stay in the word. Bright future for you. And everybody else, coordinators, 
sleeper. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep encouraging. You are a good testimony, Nathan. You're going to have some. You're going to grow down there. And Kenny, I appreciate you for everything you've done. You know, keep it on. Keep moving through the phases. Future's looking bright for you, too. Anybody I missed, stay, stay to the game. Stay to the course. Stay to the Lord. He'll give you everything you need. God bless. Take care. Inside of a broken soul Alcoholics to addicts English, African, Arabs Ain't no riches to fix it You still broke when you have it If you ain't breaking bad And you still chasing a habit It ain't no wonderland So we still chasing a rabbit Ain't a soul on the planet That's better than another And we all need grace In the face of each other What's up? Since my daddy left, fighting for approval Think I don't know, trying to get this world to love me is futile We tile the dirt and want better burden of being less Than what we were made to be, like being what they suggest We are outsiders, outliers, outcriers, loud and meek Inherit the earth and God opposes the crowd All the pieces. 